0: This episode of the Wofo Yo podcast was brought to you by River Jordan Organic Farms. You know, you've been rubbing elbows with the movers and shakers and breaking bread with the well-to-do. Sure, it can be nice on occasion, but when you do it too much, it can leave you feeling sluggish, bloated, and just plain out of touch. You need a break. You need to simplify. You need to head on down to River Jordan Organic Farms and talk to John. At River Jordan Organic Farms, we have premium, pesticide-free locust and wild honey that don't have to be cultivated or artificially grown. Eat like the good Lord intended. Eat clean. Also check out our seasonal clothing line made from the finest camel hair and our premium handcrafted leather belts. Also, if you're in mood for dessert, try our award-winning grasshopper pie. Why King Herod liked it so much that he named it winner of the Silver Charger Award two years in a row. We also hear her stepdaughter's a fan. River Jordan Organic Farms has food so natural, you'll not only be able to see the hypocrisy and corruption you were missing before, you'll also have the energy to call it out. Come on down and ask for John. They even let you have a dip in the creek before you go. <music> Welcome to the Woeful Yo podcast with C-Dub and Bones. Man, we're getting ready to go out and head out and do some things. So we're getting these kind of recorded and then we're going to be taking a break. You all still have some podcasts to listen to though. It'd be all right. (laughs) And, uh, we'll be coming back refreshed. Hopefully we come back
1: refreshed. (laughs) Uh, We're we're doing meal prep right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll have all these, uh, Podcast uh, stuck in the fridge for you while we're gone. So yeah, they have something to eat on.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get them up there. Let's see. You know, I've been talking about this when we we finished up the series about whatsoever things I commanded you. We talked about the Great Commission. We talked about the Sermon on the Mount. And it, I just love Bible study, man. I love being able to bounce ideas off of people. And sometimes even get pushed back, Mm -hmm. challenge my thinking. And and who knows? We might do some more of those as Lord leads. But all during that, one of the things, and this is going to be very, very loose. uh, Just because there's just been this overlying idea for a while for me. And it's been that of purpose. And I know we might have talked about purpose before. And the Lord just kept showing me another thing that we had talked about before, but land navigation. Something we used to do in the Army. uh, Great skill to learn. It's one of those that if you learn it and you practice it every now and then, you never know when it could come in handy. I'm getting ready to go out and into some areas that – would not be hard to get lost in. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go on vacation and um, by the time this airs I, I'll already be back. But yeah, we're going to going to do some hiking. We're going to do some hiking, going to do some white water rafting. So little land nav doesn't hurt. It when you don't know where you are never hurts to be able to find out
1: where you are. Mhm. I like uh, the analogy here of land navigation and and whatnot. Uh, It never hurts to do a map check. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even even if you think you know where you're at, it's always a good idea to stop every now and then and do a map check. And that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, Just stopping here, uh, looking back at purpose uh, again, kind of taking a look at uh, at, at mission statement again, uh, just to make sure that we are on track. Uh, and, and whatnot, and hopefully we can help you folks to um, uh, discern whether or not you're on track by utilizing these principles and, and the things that we see, the revelation that we get. Um, sometimes you'll sit down to do a, and to, take a knee to do a map check and <laughs> realize you're way off track. Yeah, um, and sometimes you're right on. So yeah, it never hurts to do a map check. Um, even if you think you're right on. So, you know, it never hurts to stop and take a look around and say, okay, yep. uh, then, then, then Charlie Mike, continue mission and go on. Yeah. You talked about,
0: you talked about the mission statement, you know, it, it, the military called that commander's intent. Mm-hmm. Here's the intent of the mission. And there's times where, where God will give you the commander's intent for your life. And there's a couple passages of scriptures we're going to get into and might take a break, talk about a few things, and then get right back into some more scripture. Um, If you go to, I just finished up today, end up finishing up the book of Jeremiah. And that is always, it gets more profound every time I read it. And I say that in, in, you know, there, there's times you study the word, and there's parts that stick out to you. And then there's other parts that kind of runs, and you go, okay, yeah, I've read that. But it doesn't speak to you like the other parts. And Jeremiah is one of those books that if you read it, at least when I do, there's different parts that are sticking out mm-hmm. every time. There, there, there's parts you go, okay, yeah, this is a prophecy against this and this and that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, holy cow. There's this, there's this one or two verses of scriptures that's going to pull you in, and you might be meditating on that all day. You know, But Jeremiah is one of those books. Uh, Jeremiah, this is chapter 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you to as a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. You got the same thing, kind of like what happened with Moses here. I, I don't know what to do. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to save you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out His hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, "Behold, I have put My words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to tear down, to destroy, overthrow, to build and plant." And then, if we skip on down to verse eighteen, because he he shows them a couple of visions. And he's telling them about Babylon's getting ready to come in. So, behold, I have made you today like a, this is verse 18. Behold, I have made you today like a fortified city and a pillar of iron and a walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah, to its leaders, to its priests, to the people of the land. Verse 19, and they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you for I am with you to save you, declares the Lord. Right there is a youth, Jeremiah. There's a couple things happen here. He's getting his purpose declared to him by the Lord. Um, here it is. Here's what I've called you to do. You have your concerns about it. Don't worry about that because I've still called you. And then there's this impartation. He stretched out his hand and touches his mouth. It's not the only time in scripture that happens. And, and he says here now, now he further confirms after that impartation and then toward the end of the chapter, you know, you go, Hey, and just so you know, you're going to get some pushback. Don't worry about the pushback. I've given you authority and believe me, if you read the book of Jeremiah, he gets pushed back. You know, he, he gets arrested. He gets thrown down in the muck of a well had to be nasty. Gets in prison several times. Gets in prison in the courtyard where everybody can see him. You're just out in this box, out in the middle of the courtyard, and they're feeding you bread till the bread runs out, and then they let you out. <laughs> but it, uh, there's the purpose, though.
1: I like I like what the Lord says. He he reminds, or actually, he tells Jeremiah that I'll rescue you, uh, and everything. So he's he's letting Jeremiah know. That this is not going to be easy. The yep. fact that the fact that I'm going to rescue you is a pretty good indicator that you'll need to be rescued. Um, it, I think that's pretty pretty profound. This is uh, a little bit different than what we hear from some of the uh, quote unquote prophesying that we see in the body today. Uh, not all of it, but we do get some of the some of the junk that comes out of the out of the pews today. Um, Some of the prophesying that we get today is, is very, very fluffy. You know, you're going to go and do all these great things and do this and do that, Mm -hmm. which, which is really good. we we like to hear that, but the, uh, the idea of being pushed back against or just how bad it's going to be is is left out a lot of times. Yeah. Um, And I think because of that, um, we see, we probably see more failure. Uh, then then we do success because the the person that's being prophesied to is isn't, isn't necessarily ready for that does that make the prophecy bogus or invalid not really uh, it doesn't make the you know it doesn't make the revelation any less valid it just means that you know whoever was doing the revealing is human and mm-hmm. didn't didn't say everything. Didn't hear the Lord correctly. More than likely, uh, probably still had a good heart, but just wasn't probably wasn't ready to prophesy yet. That's all.
0: We've established um, some we've established some bogus ass rules in the yeah. modern church when it comes to prophesying. Let's just be honest about that.
1: There you go. That's probably the the easiest in exhortation
0: in, in, and edification, and that's what it's supposed. Yeah. But if you're not telling the whole truth, now, granted, rule number one is speak what the Holy Spirit is saying. Exactly. As the Holy Spirit tells you to speak it. But this, well, that's not very comforting. Yeah. Exhortation, edification, and comfort.
1: Well, hey, the comfort. I think it's pretty comforting. I think it's pretty comforting to know that the Lord's going to rescue me. Uh, um, And I need to know that because... Uh, I need to be reminded of that by the Holy Spirit when that day comes that uh, the Lord's going to rescue me. So, yeah, I find comfort in that. Um, yeah. I, I could see where others wouldn't, though.
0: You know, you, you want to prophesy like old grinning Joel Osteen. <laughs> hey, no, man. Uh, no, life it, has a little bit more difficulty than it, that.
1: It, it's, it's not always, you know, grin and bear it and it'll be okay, uh, you know. Uh, now I will say that, you know, that's not, having a positive attitude is not a bad thing. No, it isn't. But it's not going to always get you out of the pit. Uh, so you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. And uh, you know when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. So remember all those things. Oh yeah.
0: Well, uh, Lawrence Nolan, come up. This is Jan- July. Sorry. July of 2020. You're outside. And he gets to talking some stuff. and that guy operates in a word of word of knowledge about as accurate as anybody you can see when, when it doesn't, he don't even remember what he said, Mm -hmm. but he said some very, very encouraging yet serious things about, and he had no idea we were doing well for you. He had no idea we were starting to, you know, the podcast and all this other stuff. And <laughs> it was about what time the book was getting ready to come out. We were in the editing stages of it. Um, and boy, it took some editing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> man, we were talking about podcasts and all this other stuff. And he gives me this, or he, he tells me, you know, basically what I'm doing. And then one of the things I always valued about, about uh Lawrence is the people in his church that he that he had, he was training them to go and do the same thing. And he says, uh, prophesy to the young man. I was a day young. Uh, <laughs> and uh be a year shy of fifty here and a little over a month. And uh he said, prophesy to him. He said, "You have something for him," and you could tell that she's nervous. And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. Just, just spit it out." You know, I ain't, I ain't no spring chicken. I've been around. You know, <laughs> use the old sin of the woman. I've been around. You know, <laughs> <laughs> great movie. There's, uh, but she said, "Man, they're going to come at you so hard." She just starts crying. She's tearing up. She's it's a hard word. Yeah, so they're going. To, I said, "Good, yep, good." Because for what Brother Lawrence said to be true, that other part has to be true. And now I'm getting both. Since, like I said, she was hesitant because she she's saying this stuff, and I, well, you know. That being said, you cannot have one. That's how you know it ain't a fluff word. Mm-hmm. Because the two things that he was talking about, as well as the pushback, those go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, um, when you get them both together, your, your spirit just knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your spirit knows it. If you go back and look in, in God's word, uh, you'll see – uh, you'll see that dichotomy play out. You'll see that kind of oh, if you want to get, well, if you want to get more modern, you'll see that kind of algorithm play out. If you would, um, although we don't want to break it down to that, but you see that example uh, as as uh, as he reveals things to his prophets uh, and his seers is that he he lets you know what's coming, the good with the bad. Uh, not everything's bad. Not everything's good. Uh, he just wants you yeah. to, to, to know and be ready. But the glorious thing is, He's letting you know that He's there with you the whole time. To me, yeah. that's that's the that's where the glory is at. Is that uh, you're going to go out and, and do this thing or or receive this thing, and God's there with you the whole time. Uh, if you can keep that in mind, then everything else falls into place.
0: During land nav, one of the things Army would issue if if you were in a, the right area is you had a topographical map. You could see terrain features. You could see all this other stuff. And, there you know, the, there, there were landmarks and different things. You would shoot your azimuth. You had to know your pace count. You had to know all this stuff. But one of the things about the topographical map was you could see certain Hazards certain obstacles that might be in your way certain obstacles and you might have to go around them obstacles you might have to go through them obstacles over them obstacles however you need to do it and that was one of the things about when the Lord let you know these things hey there's gonna there's gonna be some pushback there's gonna be some um, some things that are going to be unpleasant, but I'm going to, I'm going to cause you to go through them. I'm going to cause you to overcome them. that would be a better way to say it. Uh, there you go. They're, they're not going to, they might slow you down as far as getting to where you need to go, but they're not going to stop you from getting where you need to go. As long as you keep on walking.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Some obstacles, uh, some obstacles were greater than others. And a lot of times mm-hmm. you had to kind of uh, think about it and determine, um, which obstacles were the lesser, of the two evils. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I hated water crossings, uh, I, I, cause I hated to get my feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only getting my feet wet, I, I hated to get, especially if I was going to get up to my waist wet, I hated getting wet. Um, cause I knew that usually came with other problems, Later on down, you know, a couple hours later, now, depending on on weather, weather conditions, if, if temperature were going to drop and stuff like that. You yeah, can, especially a cold, park. man. I hate getting wet and cold. I mean, where, you know, it's, it's 60, 65 degrees and, and you're wet from the waist down. You can get hypothermic mm-hmm. uh, pr- pretty quick. And you're like, within well, your mind, you're, you're like, well, this is a nice day. It's 65 degrees. And you're hot because you're 65 degrees, but you're carrying all this weight. So... It feels like 80 degrees. Um, Other obstacles, you know, I I didn't like doing water crossings and I would go around it if I could, but I would, I'd walk straight up, I'd go go straight over a a mountain or a hilltop. Uh, I didn't mind climbing those and going back down them depending on the grade. Um, Sometimes they would take a little longer and whatnot, but sometimes you just have to evaluate those things i think you have to do the same thing in life too with the obstacles that are put in your way is determine uh what are the immediate effects versus the mid and long-term effects that this obstacle is going to present to you um, a water crossing is easy you just go stomping through it and you know you're crossing it pretty, pretty simple mm-hmm. but like i said you know a few hours down the road your feet are still soggy uh, and depending on the weather and everything it may it may still affect you. Uh, we have yep. obstacles like that in life too. So, oh, yeah. gotta, some some got to kind of have some planning.
0: Yeah, you, know, you might have to, depending on what you have or you know what you're allowed to have for that mission. You know, you might if you got to change the clothes, water crossing might be all right because you're able mm-hmm. to change change your clothes. Yep. Yeah, if you don't, <laughs> yeah, there was a sure man wet socks and wet feet that that can be that can be bad the 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 thing i like what you were saying about that though is sometimes you're you know you're not going to avoid the obstacle but you you do uh you you do a check to see which would be more conducive you know there's there's drawbacks to each uh water crossing probably be quicker but now there's repercussions there uh going over the mountain takes a little bit more time, but there's less. You save a lot of miles that way. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, less after effects over going over the mountain Mm -hmm. usually. Um, so anyway, there. it's kind of like that with, you know, when, when the Lord shows you the obstacles, it never hurts to, unless he's just saying, go, go, go now. Like in a case where you have a, like a Sodom and Gomorrah, and this whole thing's getting ready to burn up. Uh, unless it's something like that, never hurts to have a conversation with the Lord about which is the best option. A lot of times, He'll
1: let you know. Right the uh, the command to go uh, from the Lord isn't necessarily the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can always you can always talk more. You can always ask questions and, and get more guidance. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to give you guidance, but you can always ask. Yeah, um, we did the same thing in uh, in our warning orders and operations orders. Uh, there was always a, a question and answer session at the end. And when I was young, I was just a, a lower enlisted private and, and whatnot. I always found it odd that that they would ask for questions. Are there any questions? Any questions? I always found that odd um, because if why would we leave anything? I I just trusted, you know, whoever's addressing the the op order, that they had covered everything. I shouldn't have any questions because they gave a good op order, and therefore they they told me everything. Uh, What questions could I possibly have? Um, But as I got older and attained some rank, I realized that sometimes – Someone else might have a different point of view, might have a little bit different experience. And so their questions can actually um, benefit everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, so the same thing applies here as we're getting our operations orders, our, our movement orders from, from the good Lord, um, is to ask those questions. Uh, it's not that he doesn't know, but sometimes to get our own clarity. He's not afraid to to answer those questions and, and to give us different guidance and, and to to give us a little more clarity. It's it's uh, some folks think it's a, it's offensive if we ask God questions, uh, but it's not. Uh, the Lord loves to hear our voices. He he loves for us to talk to him. So don't hesitate to ask questions if you have them. He'll be more than happy to answer them for you because uh, he'd rather you leave with good information than preachers go walking blindly and stupidly. So that brings us to a question here.
0: Do you know what you're called to do? Hmm. You know, when he was dealing with eyes, when he's dealing with Jeremiah, rather, you know, he's he's telling him his purpose right off the bat, man. You're a prophet to the nations. You're going to root out. You're going to tear down, build up all these things. You're going to do these things. Uh, you're going to get your pushback. So that goes to today, you know, do, do you know what you're supposed to do individually? You know, Mm -hmm. I've had the Lord show me some very, very basic things of what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I know what I'm supposed to be doing overall. We'll say it like that. And since I know what I'm supposed to be doing overall, I can kind of gauge, um, you know, the, the second question is real, real similar. Do you know where you're going? Uh, if I if I know what what I'm called to do, if I know my purpose, and then I know the destination, then all of a sudden I can start gauging some things up to see how how I'm lining up with what I'm called to do, and uh, if I'm doing it, where am I heading? Does it seem to be seem like I'm on my way? And sometimes sometimes Lord will have you to take a detour like we were talking with the the obstacles and stuff you know if you if you're going to have some kind of thing you need to go either around or go over go under go go through go wherever um sometimes those come up but do you know what you're called to do individually do you know where you're going individually and i I think one of the biggest, challenges we have in the Western church today is do we know what we're called to do corporately and do we know where we're going corporately?
1: Very good. Um, I I think that's a, I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, Seems like we always fall back on the great commission. You know, that's kind of Mm -hmm. where we start. and it's not a bad thing to do. No. Um, I reckon this to my last deployment, Um, We had a a very easy, I thought it was was a very simple deployment, Um, but some folks made it very, very difficult, very hard. Um, And a lot of it came down to leadership style, leadership technique. Um, And we had some very very traditional leadership. Uh, So there's this very inside the box type uh, thinking going on, not much outside the box thinking. Um, and so this reminds me of that in some ways, uh, with my unit, we all back it up. Um, we had a kind of a decentralized command system set up, um, in that decentralized command structure, there were folks who were trying to operate in a very centralized command structure and it just wasn't working. You could see that it wasn't working. Um, in, in the unit that I that I had control over, um, we were doing all the things that we needed to do. There were some kind of check check marks that we needed to hit. Um, our PT scores were, were constantly going up. So one of the things we had to do is we, need, we had to do PT. Okay? Everybody's got to do PT. Um, now, what that meant to a lot of folks is, well, your squad's got to get out there and You know, line up in squad formation with their army PT uniform on and their PT belt at a prescribed time, and you know this very traditional way of doing PT. I didn't see it that way. Um, What I saw is we have to do PT, and our PT scores should improve. That's to me, that's the uh, that's the proof that PT was being done. Another thing was uh, unit cohesion. And how well is your unit functioning as, as, as a group? A, a good, good way to notice that or a good proof of that was how well does the unit stick together in off-mission stuff, extracurricular activities? you got to do some do, team building. Yeah, team building. Um, after shift, uh, does your team split up and go their separate ways? Or do they stay together all the time? Do they go eat chow together? Do they go to the gym together? Do they do everything together? Not because they're forced to, because they want to. That's how, you know, team building is is occurring Um, in the unit that I was responsible for. I think we wore, we wore our PT uniform only on the days that we did our PT test. That was it. Um, All the other times we went to the gym as a group, did whatever you wanted to do in the gym. As long as your PT scores were improving, Um, we had no reason to formalize everything uh we were the only squad in the company that was doing that um we were getting pushback at first until i started showing the numbers so i started showing what was going on Then my platoon leader was like all right Sarmalone, malone you you handle your business i won't question you as long as you're producing results um our squad was together everywhere we went we had very good team building uh stuff going on it all came down to this though Um, what we were doing is we were meeting the commander's intent. We were checking our proverbial boxes, but we did, we weren't doing it the traditional way. We weren't doing it the old school way, um, because the other squads were, and you could tell that those soldiers were were embarrassed running around, uh, in their PT uniform. The only people on post are on, on the, the five doing this. Uh and it was demoralizing to them. And, and you could see it in their eyes when they were doing it. Um, I had a couple of other squad leaders asking me why my guys don't do PTS. Yes. Well, you're wrong, they do PT. Uh, they just don't do it so that you can see it. Um, and my first sergeant and company commander actually wanted me to do uh a professional or yeah, professional development program and try to explain to the other squad leaders how I, how this is happening, how it's occurring occurring, and see if we could implement this in other squads. Um, I agreed to do it, but I also told them, I doubt very well that it's going to take off. Uh, mm-hmm. Because leadership style and technique is really not something that could be taught. It's something that's inside the person. And, and we, did, we had NCODP um, and Some folks got it. Some folks didn't. Some folks struggled with it. Uh, But if you can figure out a way to do things without making it look like you're doing things, kind of a natural, organic process, then the results will be so much simpler. They'll they'll occur organically. And I don't know how to teach that, really. I don't.
0: Yeah. We had a guy, and this wasn't. This wasn't when we were deployed. Uh, Great guy, though. Uh, He was very, very low-key in his speech. Mm -hmm. Fairly quiet guy, but when he spoke, it it commanded respect. Mm -hmm. We had went through, he came in as our platoon sergeant, um, over 50-second engineers, and the, the guy we had before was, good dude but he's a little bit more laid back he comes in and he goes your pt scores are crap he says this is well below the standard of what we can do so we're going to get these up we're going to work out we're going to work out hard we're going to pt hard he said but we got some things going on and when these things go on he says we're we're, we're not just going to be hard on you we're going to give you some incentive and yeah, so what he did was he said, we have a fitness trail over here at Fort Carson. He said, it's just under five miles long or right at five miles. And, uh anyway, we would do that. And man, you, you're talking about hills. There were some, sometimes we'd go on that fitness trail and, uh, there were some things you could do, some little. Benches, you know, pull up bars, different things like that, where you could do a certain exercise or maybe three exercises, you know, depending on how it was set up. There was some different options, and they had it all laid out there on the sign. So once a week we were doing that. The other thing he got us uh, cleared to do was as incentives, we got cleared probably about once a month, we were doing some off post PT. Over in Colorado, there's some neat places to do some off-post PT. Uh, we were running upon some ledges. I mean, not so bad. They were dangerous. We were running up the old abandoned mines. We were hiking these big inclines. They were about a mile long and had, uh, I think, the, the steepest grade for this inc- one incline we did uh, was about sixty-eight degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was at its steepest. The average was about forty-one, but that's still not. That ain't nothing, you know. So, so there were little things like that that you're you're not constrained. Um, uh, I, I kind of put this down when, we were, when I was writing down some some notes for this. Don't get locked up in your idea of where you're going. Right. You know, because, you know, that, that's what these guys were doing that, that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you're right. We had other platoons getting jealous of ours. But th- there were a couple things about our platoon. We had a knack for getting stuff done above standard and ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So. When you're able to do
1: that, it gives you a lot of leeway, man. Well, what I was doing was using freedom as the incentive, yeah. Uh, liberty as the incentive. As long as, as long as you're producing, as long as you're showing results, as long as you're meeting commander's intent, then we can all be free to do things, yeah. quote unquote, our way. You know, that's that's freedom and liberty. Um, which it really wasn't our way, it was just a different way. Um, but now the opposite would have been true too, though, if our PT scores weren't improving, if mm-hmm. results weren't weren't being, you know, if, if the if results were below par, then we would have had to revert back to uh the inside the box thinking, back to the old ways, which is really not much different than what the Bible is. Uh you have the uh, pauline letters especially first and second corinthians perfect example uh where he addresses the church of corinth in the first letter uh since you can't operate freely without you know operating in sin that i'm gonna put all these rules on Mm you, and then until until they change their ways until they start operating in love and then he starts Relaxing things on them a little bit. It's really the same kind of concept. Yeah. Um, we did a one of the cool things that we did, I thought was pretty neat. It, we, we had flag football. And the, the the place that we were at had a uh, large soccer field, and we got some flag football equipment and started playing flag football. And uh, someone just kind of blurted it out said, You know what? Um, if we put body armor on, this, we could make this into PT. I said, well, hell, everybody go get your body armor. So we came out and played body armor, flag football. And doing that, we got the entire company out on the field. Within a day or two, we had the whole company out playing body armor, flag football. And that commander and first sergeant just thought that was the indigenous thing. They grabbed their stuff, they came out there and started playing and had the greatest, probably one of the greatest days of the deployment, just doing silly stuff, running around in body armor, uh, throwing a football around and trying to, uh, trying to, you know, snatch flags off each other. It's a heck of a workout. You know, where the mm-hmm. day before we played flag football for three hours, we didn't play, but maybe 30 minutes of flag, uh, body armor flag football, uh, because that stuff's heavy, but you got a heck of a workout. Uh, you don't find that in the army PT manual. It's not no. in there. No. Nope. <laughs>
0: On command of front lean and rest. <laughs> lean and <laughs> rest being a preparatory command. Command of execution
1: be move. <laughs> yeah, just somebody blurted out, and all it took was somebody to go, ah, okay. Yeah. One
0: of the interesting things I've come across, people I've listened to the last year or so, uh, one of them was talking about man, it described some of the environments you and I have been in so well that when you're in what has the potential. To be an unpleasant environment, one of the things that helps, especially if you know you talk about shared suffering several times, you know um, things that build unit cohesiveness. That well, that shared suffering does build unit yep. cohe- cohesiveness. But in a mix, the in amidst all the hardships, a lot of times what develops is, what develops is an element of play. Yeah. And all of a sudden that that lightens up the load quite a bit. If you're able to incorporate some amount of play to what you're doing. I I look at that and I'll tell you what I see. And even though even though it doesn't it doesn't last but you look at Elijah mm-hmm. when they're having the there, there's an element of play with Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, some, there's some humor there. Yeah, there, there's a, there's the thing about the the first time that Ahab's sending off to get him killed, he's calling down fire. <laughs> he's calling down, and finally the, the the last guy that shows up, hey, whoa, 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 for you, are you calling fire down on me? <laughs> hey, look, man, I, I love the Lord, and you know, there's a little bit of humor there, and then you have the same thing. You kind of see Elijah's attitude. Well, once he comes out, you know that, and he tell, tell Ahab there's going to be rain. So now he's praying and now there's, and now he's out running the chariot for the guy that's going to go tell Ahab. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some supernatural manifestation there, but there, there's an element of fun there. Mm Uh, I'm on our, you know, all right, Lord, let's see if we can get there first, you know? And then you see the same thing with the, uh, Showdown with the prophets of Baal. you know, and what happens there is <laughs> he's out there, and they're kind of, ah go, you know, well, maybe old Bail's asleep, maybe he's asleep, maybe when on vacation, maybe he's on a trip, you know, maybe maybe he can't hear you. I don't you cry a little bit. You, you see the element of, of of play there, in a way, he's a. Uh, there are times when, when Elijah's just downright oppressed, and there's times he's having a good time with it. Mm-hmm. All right, Lord, now I wet down the wood. Now I wet it down again. You know? And all right, Lord, if you're Lord, go on.
1: Yep. Here we go. So there's this idea that uh, or this example, actually, not even an idea, it's an example here. There's ex- example of don't be afraid to have fun. And introduce humor into the things that you're doing. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not out of place. It's not abnormal. It's it's okay to make a serious thing a little bit jovial. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it can be so easy to to do sometimes because because what we're talking about is saving souls uh, and and discipling uh uh those after they've been saved. It is a very serious thing sometimes we can get so serious that we have no no humor at all. And it just becomes dry and repetitious and Lord knows we got to have some humor in it and keep it light and funny. Because if we don't, I think if we don't, we'll end up just becoming a depressed church than we will anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's okay to be funny when you're doing it.
0: A lot of your hard jobs, that are out there a lot of your hard situations uh, there, there's this thing that available pick at each other and there's a type of play involved in the picking mm-hmm. but if somebody can't push back or they just melt anytime they get picked at you know that person is not going to be any fun to be around in this yeah. hard situation and you know for better for worse, a lot of people don't like it i, I go this is there there's a purpose behind this it's not just people being idiots although you know we we can be idiots but there's an element of if, if you can't if you can't work together as a team and if you can't give a little pushback back then yeah it's a
1: it's going to be a long trip with you yeah i love uh, i love medics uh, medics has probably some of the darkest humor uh, that i've been around uh, and with good reason, they see some of the darkest stuff uh, that you'll ever see. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to to be funny and jovial. Um, but we said sometimes you know, if you if you do it right, you know you can have fun at a funeral, uh, yep. and that's okay too.
0: They go down to New Orleans. Yeah, they have fun at their funerals. Sure, they do. Have the second line, everybody be dancing, is what it is. <laughs> so have a celebration is what I heard. Uh, my my great aunt the one to give me my Bible that I still read the most. Mm-hmm. I want y'all to have. A, she has a stutter. I Want you to have a party when I'm gone. Have some fun, not just. Yeah, right. Not just funeral dinner. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. We're going to continue this next week on Land, Nav, and Purpose Part Two. You can always check us out at Wofoyo.org or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. Remember, folks, if you're going to grow, you got to Wofoyo. Get in the word for yourself.